if I have a favorite Christmas theme verse, it's probably um, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. At least it's the one that comes to mind the most often when I think about Christmas. Uh, little Adeline McKay, who is the angel right here, already quoted it for us tonight. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. I'm drawn to the imagery, the contrast between light and dark. It's, it's a really familiar imagery repeated throughout the Bible. And Isaiah, who lived about 800 years before Jesus, was previewing the coming of, of Christ, the promised one to Israel. And so God spoke to him this way about people walking in darkness. Uh, the darkness imagery is just sort of... Uh, stumbling around, not really knowing your way, having a confusion in your expectations on, on people like that. Light comes. It's grace. And in the New Testament, John picks up on Isaiah's imagery when John introduces Jesus to us, famous words, in him, Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Some versions say extinguish it. The permanence of light, the fleetingness of darkness. Uh, most people know a Christmas carol, the Ebenezer Scrooge story. Uh, I mention this because the Huffman family Christmas Eve tradition is to watch uh, a version of Scrooge that we particularly like. It's uh, the 1970 musical uh, version. Yes, I'll watch at least one musical a year. That's the one I watch. It's uh, set in London in 1970. Albert Finney plays Scrooge, and we really enjoy watching this. So maybe you've seen a Scrooge movie, maybe that one. Maybe you've read Charles Dickens' classic work. Scrooge is a familiar Christmas character. You know him already as a man of incredible greed. Uh, his name stands in for greed, synonymous with that. But contributing to that darkness in him, and, and greed is actually something Jesus talked about more than just about any other subject uh, he talked about. Uh, contributing to that particular darkness in Scrooge was his incredible fear of loss. It's partly why he was greedy. I mean, there's always a sin behind the sin. There's always something that's contributing to it. And so you know the story of Scrooge that three spirits visit him over the course of Christmas Eve. Their purpose is to redeem him. It's, it's not in the New Testament sense of redemption through Christ, but it is a kind of saving Scrooge from himself. First, the ghost of Christmas past, who actually takes Scrooge back in time to review his losses because the, the, the underlying theme is... is is dealing with loss. Scrooge lost his mother and then his father uh, abandoned him in, in a boarding school. And then his sister, whom he loved, died. And, and, and the ghost of Christmas past also shows Scrooge the, the, the breakup with the, his lovely fiancée, whom, whom Scrooge broke up with because he preferred uh, his business pursuit to a life with her. All that darkness in Scrooge's past. And then you get the, the ghost of Christmas present who shows Scrooge the direct impact his greed is having on his sole employee, his clerk, Bob Cratchit, a cheery man with his family, despite the pall hanging over their household. The youngest son, Tiny Tim, has a 
a terminal illness. And, and back in, in that era, there was help available to him medically, but it's, it's essentially denied because Scrooge is keeping the Cratchits in poverty. And then the ghost of Christmas future who fills Scrooge with dread. His appearance is sort of like the Grim Reaper. And that ghost shows Scrooge a grave with his name on it, and the grave is neglected. The point being, there is no one sorry to see Scrooge die. The, the family, the, the version that our family watches uh, every Christmas Eve, the musical version, there's actually a, a song and dance in the streets of, of London when when Scrooge's uh, death is known to the city. Could such a man ever change? That seems to be the question occupying Charles Dickens in writing the story. How do we change? Can we change ourselves? Can such a man as Scrooge ever change? And, and Dickens' answer through the story is yes, but not without supernatural intervention. Even Scrooge's chosen first name, Ebenezer. It's a biblical word. It, it means stone of help. And so even the, the, the choice of naming Scrooge Ebenezer is uh, getting at, he's going to have to have help outside of himself. But thinking this out beyond him, no one changes, really. No one changes without some kind of intervention. And for Christians, it's the intervention of the Spirit of God moving in on us through the Son of God, redeeming us, that is, making us right before God, forgiving us, and becoming for us what we otherwise look for others and even ourselves and sin like greed to be for us. The darkness for Scrooge is greed and fear of loss. His greed is obvious, his fear of loss less so, but again, he lost his mother he lost his fiancée, he lost his sister. Dickens tells us in the book, if you read the book version of the story, that each night before bed, Scrooge reads his uh, bank statement as a way of telling himself he's okay. He's only gaining. Look, no losses. Business became everything to him because that's where he felt insulated from ever having to suffer another loss. And you know, it's pitiable. We, we feel compassion for somebody like that. Certainly Charles Dickens did. That's why he gives Scrooge the opportunity to repent of his greed in the end and leave the fears informing it behind him. And that, ha that happens overnight for Scrooge. That's the way it happens in stories. In real life, it usually takes longer. But you know the story, the man awakens Christmas morning, realizing he's been given a chance to live from now on, changed, because what the ghosts did for Scrooge, among other things, is they freed him from the delusion that you can live your life without loss. The very thing he was scared to death of. Not even God lives without loss. To love anyone is to risk losing that person, a risk God himself knows, a risk God himself took. John's gospel again, same chapter, chapter 1. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. And two chapters later, Jesus gives the reason in John 3. Light has come into the world in the person of Jesus, and people have loved the darkness rather than the light, 
because our works are evil. The Scrooge story, it's not a gospel story, except in that it hints at, it signals that the change we most need as people, it cannot and does not happen by ourselves. It doesn't come from within. There has to be an intervention. Followers of Jesus call it grace. And Christmas is an annual reminder to us that God has plenty of grace. And he lavishes it on us. Even the light shining in the darkness, that image throughout scripture, it's about a person who is full of grace and truth. And so after I, I grill out for our family tonight, that's our other little Christmas tradition, his dad grills out. Uh, sometimes it's been in the sleet. I'm thankful tonight is a nice night. And I sit back in my chair and we turn on the Scrooge story again tonight, our little tradition. And I get to the end and I get a lump in my throat when Scrooge, in this version of it, the morning of Christmas has arrived and he is dancing in the streets of London and has the whole city dancing with him because he's finally been saved from himself. I get to renew my gratitude for how the grace of God has overwhelmed me in Christ and so many others I know and how the Lord in grace changes me turning me toward himself again and again all at once and over time turning me away from my fears and my sins to everything God has promised to be for me and for you in Christ Jesus the people walking in darkness have seen a great light and upon those living in a land of darkness, a light has shone. May I pray for us? Father, I pray that that truth would cement in the hearts and minds of those who follow you, love you. And for those who don't, it would be a portal, a passage. It would be a taste. It would be uh, music from uh, a, a land they've never visited, but they're intrigued. And that they would catch a sense of your grace and goodness available to them. And that this would be a night of salvation and redemption. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. You've taken us through another year. Some of us have incurred losses this year. Painful losses. Others of us have uh, looked back on a year that has been pretty enjoyable for us. Christmas time is a time we reflect on the year that's been as this year is coming to its conclusion. We thank you that we can chart the ways that you have been with us and present to us. And Father, we thank you for family and for friends that we can gather with tonight and tomorrow and on through the weekend. Lord, give us uh, grace and help to be with one another, people of grace and people of hope. Thank you for, for cementing our hopes in Christ Jesus. And we pray it all in his name. Amen.